Welcome to the latest episode of Spotlight, a PEI media podcast that delves into the very latest in private markets investing. I'm Adam Lay, Senior Editor for Private Equity International based in London, and today we have Carmela Mendoza, Senior Reporter for PEI, uh, with us today to discuss everything about employee ownership programs. So employee ownership programs have been around for several decades. Uh, They've gained traction this year in the private equity industry with firms including KKR, which in May said it had made a 10x return on selling a door manufacturer named CHI Overhead Doors. We also had the launch of Ownership Works, which is a non-profit organization backed by the likes of LPs, including CalPERS, uh, the Washington State Investment Board. So Carmela, you've been spending the last three months or so digging into this huge topic, speaking to dozens of people, including including GPs, LPs, academics, consultants, and, and all sorts of experts to find out specifically about how employee ownership programs affect fund returns for LPs. Tell us what you found. I guess it's interesting when we first dug into it, we connected with 15 institutional investors, a third of which are KKRs, LPs. And for most of them, you know, we asked the question, like, what do you know about employee ownership programs? How does it affect fund returns? Like These are the questions we were asking them. And what does it mean in terms of your portfolio if there is a dilution of stake there? And it's interesting because for most of them, they didn't really know how it works. They very much just believe that the GP had this initiative, a very passionate one for many of them, to implement wealth creation and broad-based employee ownership for all. They really didn't respond much at the beginning, did they? They didn't. No one could really explain how it affects the returns, right? I don't think anyone actually sat down with us and said, this is how it's going to affect us. So it was interesting because it was a mixed bag of responses. But what we found was how it affects fund returns seemed a second order point of importance. So for one LP that we spoke to, an investment director of a U.S public pension that has about 1 billion P exposure, they said the model for the longest time has been about maximizing shareholder value versus stakeholder value. So if broad-based employee ownership programs is the way of the future, I am for it. And it should be a requirement for, for fund managers. So that, that's quite interesting. And also we spoke to Alison Tucker, who is chief executive of Washington State and the R investor in KKR's North America funds. And she says she knows that the program will benefit both management and workers in a way that will yield uh, longer term returns for them, strong ones. Although she says that she will evaluate this question as the program gains acceptance and momentum in, in the future, when it, what the qualitative and quantitative outcomes are. So, so some of the, the biggest investors in private equity funds, they're saying that, I guess, the jury is still out to, to a certain extent. Before we go you know, down the rabbit hole into kind of how it affects returns and everything, for anyone who doesn't understand what an employee ownership program is, I mean, at the very fundamental level, what, what, what is this? What, what does it mean? Basically, it's a model in which ownership is extended beyond management ranks. So typically, Pete Stavros from KKR explained it to us. So typically, for any private equity deal, between 10 and 15% would be allocated to senior management. So they give away that portion of equity between 10 and 15%, usually in the form of options to, to senior management. In an employee ownership program, they will accommodate and include all employees in the company. So for example, for CHI, which is a garage door manufacturer that includes everyone in in the factory floor, you know, drivers, etc., even in the corporate office, 
everyone would get a stake in the company. So that basically means sharing a, a bigger piece of the pie by diluting all existing shareholder stakes on a pro rata basis. So just so we understand this, so you could be a forklift driver working at a factory, the CHI doors, for example, and you would receive a percentage, it's going to be a very small percentage, but a small percentage of equity ownership in the company that you work for. That's right. Yes. For example, a company that has a 12% management equity plan could see that plan go down one percentage point to 11% for senior management, and then the rest of the workforce share in the 3%. So that means 14% of the total equity of the company is distributed across the entire employee base, as opposed to previously a standard PE deal, which is just 12% across senior management. So it really is spreading that wealth. Mm. And we should say to listeners that, I mean, this can get pretty complicated looking at all the the maths and calculating the returns and everything. Fortunately, you've just published a a deep dive into this, which can be found on privateequityinternational.com. If you just go to our deep dive section and look for the latest October issue on employee ownership, you'll see not only the story, but actual diagrams and tables showing how equity is split amongst a wider employee base and how that affects returns for fund LPs. Is that right? That's right. I mean, there's a very detailed calculation there, uh, three tables, if I'm not mistaken, which shows how much percent of EBITDA growth is needed for LPs to, to see that outperformance and share that with employees. Obviously, as an LP, your concerns are going to be if more employees in a given company are given equity, surely that equity has got to come from somewhere. Equity is is a finite resource. And so that equity is coming, presumably, uh, as you mentioned, pro rata from the other shareholders, including the fund. So basically, the fund is getting slightly less equity because it's going to all employees of a portfolio company. That's right, the fund. So that means the GP, the LPs. And if you look at the broader ownership base, it could be another PE owner, senior management, etc. So everyone is getting a slightly smaller piece of the pie. Okay. Is it worth talking about KKR specifically and their development in this space? Because they had a pretty interesting year with the company called CHI Doors and another, if I'm not mistaken, as well. That's right. So KKR has implemented uh, employee ownership programs since 2011, first with their industrials portfolio. And they said with their latest fund that they just wrapped up early this year, which gathered $19 billion, they would do it across all control buyouts. So that's, you know, regardless of, of any industry. Well, I mean, is KKR an outlier here? I mean, they're not the only GPs implementing these employee ownership programs. You know, talk us through the other GPs doing this. And, you know, are they using the same model for all their controlled buyout investments? Yes, um, we've spoken to a few other GPs for the piece. So we know that Ardian is doing a form of employee ownership as well and has been doing it for a while, as well as Kelso and Company, a New York headquartered firm. In fact, Kelso, the founder of it, Louis Kelso, was basically the architect of ESOPs in the US. Uh, ESOPs being employee uh, stock ownership programs. That's correct. Yeah. So many other GPs are implementing a form of it, not exactly the same as KKR. Some would do it only on exit. Partners Group also has, through their stakeholder benefits program, is doing a version of this. So I think there's a lot of movement in this space. And I guess I would like to bring in also ownership works, 
which was founded by Pete Stavros, co-head of Americas for KKR. This is the nonprofit organization that launched this year. That's right. It's a nonprofit that aims to create 20 billion of wealth generation through employee ownership over the next decade. So it's a collaboration between KKR and 60 other organizations, as you mentioned earlier, including Apollo, CalPERS, uh, Leonard Green is there as well, Washington State, uh, Warburg, Pincus, and they've all pledged to institute and implement employee ownership programs at a minimum of three portfolio companies by the end of 2023. So lots of movement, definitely positive movement in in this direction. So some of the the backers of ownership works include LPs, as you mentioned. You had some pretty interesting reactions from LPs when you finally got them to speak, and, and some of them were on the record and some of them weren't. Are there any worth highlighting? Yes, on LP's opinions and comments on employee ownership, we talked to a senior investment officer at a UK-based foundation that has invested in GPs, including Carlisle and Silver Lake. And this LP voiced his support for employee ownership, uh, largely because of its social value. So he was saying, we're not interested in one-year returns, we're interested in five or 10-year returns. So creating a good culture and a good business is probably more important than stripping every last dollar of value. And we have Sam Robinson, who is a managing partner at Singapore-based Northeast Family Office. And he's saying that there's nearly always an employee stock option plan in PE, even in mid-market Asia, you know, where, where Sam Robinson focuses on. He would estimate something like 75% of deals will have employee ownership schemes. So it's always been there. The tipping point, he says, is where you are giving away too much of your equity stake. And he says he would be a bit more worried about his net returns. So, I mean, clearly, I guess we can see that a lot of them, a lot of the LPs we spoke to see the positives of it in terms of spreading the wealth, employee engagement. It's a big deal for employees as well because they know they have a stake in the company. They're there in making decisions in terms of making uh, improvements for the company. But there are also a few who are saying that, yes, we, we're worried how it would affect our returns if we have less stake in the company. Mm, so different views from different LPs. And in particular, the UK endowment person that we spoke to seems to be saying that ultimately financial returns are important. But as an investor, they also have a kind of social responsibility to ensure that people aren't paid the minimum wage and that there's value creation being spread amongst all employees as well. And even if that eats a little bit into returns for that particular investor who comes from an endowment, mm-hmm. so may have a different kind of outlook to a public pension, for example, that's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I guess that's also in relation to what another GP who we spoke to mentioned when, when we asked about this GP as part of ownership works. So he said something like, you know, it's, it's hard to measure, but the net benefit is high. So you cannot really measure the intangibles of morale and extra productivity and how it leads to extra IR benefit. But the net benefit overall is very high. How do you see this playing out? How do we think such programs are going to proliferate? You know, two years down the line, do we think all GPs are going to do this? Or is it a little bit challenging and only for the sort of global GPs, the size of KKR and others? Is this going to become industry standard, do you think? That is a very tough question, Adam. But when we asked this question, this model with GPs that we interviewed, a lot of them uh, were very positive about it. And if the whole PE industry did it, that would be very transformative. Just think about the millions of people employed globally by PE-backed companies, right? That would indeed be very life-changing in terms of building wealth. That said, you know, these programs 
take a lot of time, resources, uh, a lot of effort in terms of employee education, financial education and coaching. Like These programs take years to build. So I think there is a lot of positive feelings and views towards it. Where it will be in the next few years, well, I, I, I just hope we'll see more people signing up for it. Well, we'll be keeping our ears and eyes peeled and, of course, reporting on it constantly at privateequityinternational.com. As always, head to our website and check out the latest deep dive by Carmela on employee ownership programs. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of PI's Spotlight Podcast. I'm Adam Lay. Thanks for listening.